What is up, wrestling fans? It's that time of the week for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling and call it right down the middle. That's right, it's time for this week's edition of 607 Podcast presents The Wrestling Show, better known as 607 T. W.S. And we are coming to you from the ODPH Dungeon, the realest thing in pro wrestling journalism commentary show, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> of course, I am your host here at 607 TWS, and I am also the host of the 3FN Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me as he does in the co-pilot share each and every week, but you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? You know, sometimes I like to have fun with that open. <laughs> it, it cracks me up every time. Well, you know, kind of like I, it, we're going to talk about it here in a second, but uh, it's like we're not quite journalists. We've said it before. We're more editorialists. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, I can say that word. Sometimes I can say it. Sometimes I can't. Like editorializing, I can say it sometimes, but I can't say it other times. So if I can't say it later, just know that I've said it here. Uh, so it's always kind of weird to me to say journalism. Yes. It's not weird. We're really not breaking news. We're not spreading rumors and lies like other people. Facts. Uh, you know, <laughs> the shots fired, whatever, and even not even shots fired. It's just truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a great week for pro wrestling action. We are literally a week from the final road to WrestleMania. We're going to talk about what that means for the show here in a minute. But before we get to any of that, any business that we're going to take care of and the show itself, which we got a packed show in the main event of the show, we're going to have a little kind of one more of those PSAs coming into this time of year. And it seems like we do this when it comes into like the big pay-per-view times, whether it's WrestleMania, whether it's double or nothing, whether it's AEW's uh, uh, all out, what, you know, what, Ever, SummerSlam, we tend to kind of go, hey, let's check ourselves as fans and what we're what we're watching for. So there's some things that came up that are, you know, I, I just don't like the tribalism and stuff, but there's some things that came up that we want to talk about in the main event just to kind of put a little bow on it so we can all enjoy one of the greatest times for pro wrestling because it's not just WWE that's got shows coming on. Mm-hmm. We've got Ring of Honor. We've got Impact Wrestling and all that. And we're going to give you news before we get into anything about all of what we're doing for that. Of course, in the mid-card, we got that indie Roundup. Game Changer Wrestling had a couple big shows this weekend. Also, a little controversy we're going to touch on. And then, of course, there's some upcoming shows this upcoming weekend from our good friends over at AIW, Absolute Intense Wrestling. Also, Black Label Pro, Glory Pro Live. All have shows this upcoming weekend on Fight TV. We're going to talk about them, uh, break them down as much as we can because we do not have the completed cards. But we will, you know, we like to just get the word out there. Support some independent wrestling. But in the opening card, we got a little wrestling news. Uh, AEW through their first house show. Yes. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to, you know, talk about uh, uh, WWE. We, we finally got the hug heard around the world. We're, mm. We'll, we'll so share a little bit about that. And on top of all that, uh, we're going to end it out with a little preview of Impact Wrestling Sacrifice pay-per-view going down this upcoming Friday night. So that's uh, the show for you guys. Plus, before that even kicks off, we got some announcements to make for the show to let you know how to tune in and how WrestleMania season is going to work here for 607 TWS. But before we get there, Ken M, tell the fine folks how to find yourself 
and the ODPH Podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on the social media accounts. They're all right there. Check out the Public store link. Check out the Patreon link. One tier, $2 a month, and a lot of content on the way. The blog section over on Parlay Points. The music section. The classifieds, which has friends of the show, such as 3FN Podcast, Dragon Master Games, and a lot more. The directory. Basically, if it's anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at ODPHpodcast.com. And of course, if you're trying to find myself and the 3FN Podcast, you can go ahead and do that by going to 3FNPodcast.com. When you're there, you can find all the social media links, the T Public link, the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content. Uh, plus, you know, you help support the show. Also, while you're there, check out the links for 607TWS and the 3FN Podcast proper. Plus, friends of the show like the ODPH Podcast and the musical directory featuring bands like Floodlands, whose song Ruins is our theme song here on 607TWS. And also a shout out to Second Suitor, whose song One Winged Angel is our go out go out song, if you will, mm-hmm. our walk off song, I should say. Yes. For 607TWS each and every week. Make sure you support those great bands on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp, respectively. And last but not least, check out the sponsors page where you can check out, you know, who helps us bring these shows to you commercial free. Of course, the main sponsor for all that we do, Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. All right, Ken M, let's dive into the announcements. We got a couple of announcements we're going to throw out there. And the first one, of course, is WrestleMania is almost upon us. And that means two weeks of hell for us here, (laughs) content creating for wrestling. And and I mean that in the nicest way. It's the greatest time of year, but it's also a jam-packed. And we want to give you, the wrestling fan, the most bang for their buck. Well, also not bogging you down with maybe stuff that you're not interested in. Hopefully you're interested in everything we talk about. However, I understand not everybody digs indie wrestling. Not everybody digs other things. You know, you want to pick and choose. So also because we don't want to have five-hour shows mm-hmm. because shit, WrestleMania for two nights, previewing two nights plus reviewing two it's nights is going to be a lot. So here's how we're going to do it. We're going to split it up for everybody. So uh, first and foremost, I do not have the dates, but they will be out both early in the week. Uh, the first thing is all of the independent content which will be the collective, anything going on at WrestleCon that we're going to cover. Also on top of that, Ring of Honor, the Impact, New Japan Joint Show, and many more. Like, there's a lot of stuff. I have a list that I'm going over, checking it twice, trying to find out who is naughty and nice. And because uh, I am the real life Santa Claus over here, as far <laughs> as wrestling goes. And uh, as I'm doing that, uh, we're going to make sure all that content. So we're going to call it Indie plus ROH plus Impact because in New Japan, because those are the bigger companies. That is going to be its own separate show. So this upcoming week, not this week that we're on the following week, we will have one show that is dedicated to just those. We'll break it into segments and you can, you know, listen, we'll, we'll cover the impact show. We'll, uh, with new Japan, we'll cover, you know, all the indie stuff and the indie roundup. We'll cover the ring of honor show and we'll break them all down and preview them all up. And then the following week after that, after WrestleMania weekends over, we will do a review show. That's just the indie stuff. Plus ROH impact, et cetera, et cetera. You guys get the drift. Yeah. <laughs> I kept keep naming the same names. Now, that goes, well, where does that leave the granddaddy of them all? Well, I'm glad you asked because that means we're going to do separate programs for the preview of WrestleMania and the review of WrestleMania because they're going to be very long. But we're going to do something really special that we say for these special occasions. So I can tell you exactly when the review for WrestleMania is going to be out. The preview for WrestleMania will be coming out a week from Tuesday. Uh, So, you know, we put this out on Tuesdays usually, um, late Monday nights, Tuesday 
but Tuesdays mm-hmm. is when 607 TWS normal runs. So Tuesday night, we will be re- releasing the uh, next Tuesday night, the preview for WrestleMania 39. And it will be released not only on the 607 TWS network, but it'll also be released on the ODPH podcast because it's going to take place instead of the normal sports show because obviously the ODPH. So we will be joined for the first time ever, technically on 607 TWS, by Padawan J. Yes. So Padawan J, myself, Ken M, will be breaking down and previewing all you need to know for both nights of WrestleMania. Then the following week, <laughs> literally the following week, mm-hmm. same day, same bat time, same bat channel, so the following Tuesday, you guys will get the review of WrestleMania's night one and night two, once again, in joint with the ODPH podcast. So once again, myself, Ken Emming, Padawan J, will be reviewing the entirety of WrestleMania 39. Yes. So big super show for WrestleMania. We're going to get opinions from friends of ours that are on the internet. So if you guys want to dump any kind of knowledge or anything in, we'll leave all those up. I know Ken will get a little thread up and going. Pri- not this week, but previous to our recordings. Yeah, so definitely make sure you tuned into the 607 Podcast family because we'll have it on our social media. And I think our friends over at Nerd Initiative are also reaching out to do something with us as well for that. So definitely keep an eye out. So keep your eyes out because we got a lot of things going on because we want to make you your voices heard in the WrestleMania realm as well. Uh, the second part of the announcement before we jump into the show is, and I want to make this as brief as possible. Uh, this past week, I was listening to Busted Open Radio, which I do enjoy listening to from time to time. Different, uh, you know, different strokes for different folks, and I do appreciate the different. Uh, you know, everybody on that show is different. Mm-hmm. You know, you got, you know, Dave. You know, you got Lagreca, who's the fan opinion. You got Bully Ray, Mark Henry, Tommy Dreamer, Thunder Rosa, and uh, Mickey James, all on that show on different days of the week, and they all bring something, and they all are valuable opinions. But I, I was listening to Bully Ray, and he said something that really resonated with me and I kind of wanted to talk about it here and he was talking about journalism and the dirt sheets and he has a crusade against the dirt sheets of course and that's fine most people do we're included in that a lot of times as Mm -hmm. well I understand them I understand their place he's the same as me he understands he understands that they're there to make clicks and make money but at the same time it kind of does take something away from the fandom and it takes and he was basically saying hey listen everybody in this room could find out every spoiler for everything beforehand, because we know people that work in the company. We know people in the creative departments. We know wrestlers that work there. We could find out. I could tell you right now who's going to win the main event of WrestleMania. I can tell you who's going to win every match at WrestleMania. It's one phone call away. He's like, some of them I already know. Hmm. So if you want to know, like, but we don't tell fans these things because that's part of being a fan. We want to be surprised. He was like, could you imagine what we do to people when they like, like when this new star Wars movie comes out, cause he's a big star Wars Mark. Like we are, he's like, when a new star Wars movie comes out and somebody spoils it, the visceral they get, but man, people seek out the spoiling of wrestling. And he was like, it is terrible. And I agree. That's why we try not to spoil it. We give you our takes, mm-hmm. we give our, our opinions, but none of it is like, you know, we, I would never give out something I thought was going to legit happen to ruin it. I mean, a lot of people gave away the tie of Valkyrie return. Yeah. And I think that's why I kind of was a little more flat. In my opinion, it didn't sound as big because people were expecting it. Mm. And I and I thought that was terrible because she's a fucking tremendous talent. And why would somebody want to step on her big moment? Yeah. So he was going on and saying the reason why we have these problems is because a lot of people in wrestling journalism, that's why I don't know if I want to call myself a journalist, more of an editorialist, is that they don't know anything. They, they, they've never been in the business. They never took a bump. 
They've never been a part of it. And I got me to thinking like, you know what? On this show, not only do we give you the fan perspective and a lot of knowledge and history, because I'm a pretty big historian of professional wrestling. So isn't Ken. We've been watching our whole lives. We've been fans. So we know a lot. But on top of that, I've worked in the wrestling business for 10 fucking years. I've taken bumps. I know what it is to run the ropes. I know what it feels like to take a bump. I wasn't a pro wrestler, but I still know how to do it. Mm. I know. I mean, I know how the basics work. Like if you were going to do anything in the business, you got to take a bump at one point in juncture. You got to run the ropes. You got to feel what it feels like. And I get it because once you've taken a bump for the first time, whew, it changes your whole perspective on life. Because, you know, you think, oh, they're just landing on a spring to mat. Yeah, yeah. When you really realize what a pro wrestling ring is, which is pretty much steel, some plywood. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I'm oversimplifying it. And a wrestling mat pad right. with a canvas that ties it down. And like I said, I'm oversimplifying it, but it's true. And the ropes are either real rope, which pretty much only WWE uses. A couple of other people do. But most people use cable. Yeah. So you realize that this shit can hurt. Man, there's a reason why guys have welts on their backs from running the ropes. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not, it's, it's you know, you build. Uh, I know wrestlers like to say you build calluses for it after a while, but it still fucking sucks. Yes, you know what I mean. So the the fact that they put their bodies on the line until you actually do that, you can't respect it. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have an opinion. I think everybody should have an opinion. Sure. I think everybody is entitled to their opinion. But to ruin things for people, to spoil things for people, to blatantly lie to people yeah. and then use, oh, they just changed plans as the excuse, I think is bad and poor and lazy. And it's just taking advantage. And uh, as he pointed out, he these people in the dirt sheets are more carny than the wrestlers ever were. Yeah, that's saying something. So I just wanted to get out front. If you're listening to us, I'm not going to, I'm not shitting on anybody. I, you know, I like to take little fun jabs. And, and behind the scenes, there's a lot of those people that I actually, I actually do like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to say it too much because then I'm going to get a message, but there, there's, there's some people that I talk to in the wrestling journalism realm that I actually enjoy as human beings. I will say SRS because you know, he's gonna, he's going to be like, you met me. Right. Uh, so I, I will say, I will say that I've had conversations and he's such, he's a good dude. So it's not that I dislike people personally. I don't, I don't necessarily like what they do. Right. And I have always said that. So, I just wanted you guys to know that we're not just coming here as fans to give you our what we want to see, what our opinions are. But I'm also bringing the knowledge of a person who has done a lot of jobs in the wrestling business, which, you know, starting off as a handler, doing agent work, doing guerrilla position work, doing the booker job, all of that stuff. I, I've, I have experience. So the, the whole thing is, is that doesn't mean my opinions greater than somebody else's. But at least when I'm saying something and I say, hey, this is how this is looking and this is how it should be. And this is why this makes sense. And even though you don't like it, this is why it makes sense mm-hmm. is because I'm taking it from that experience. So I just wanted to clarify that up because I think that it is important that, you know, and he, he took a caller and I, I'll never forget it. He said, would you take if, if Dave Meltzer rates a match and Ric Flair rates a match, whose rating are you going to take it? And he said Ric Flair. The caller at least was smart enough to say Ric Flair. Yeah. Well, of course, because Ric Flair can break down to you what the guy did. Like right. Dave, Dave is a fan like us. And, mm. and once again, his opinions, and I'm, I, I don't attack Dave's star ratings. I, I might joke right. about them. But they're I don't his. Because yeah. they're his. That's his opinion, and that's fine. We all have that. You, nobody's opinion should be gospel, just like the PWI 500. That is the opinion of the magazine and the voters by their criteria. That's what I'll defend. They even have a criteria that they've announced. So... If that's the case, they're entitled to that. And if you don't like it, that's fine. Make your own list. Mm -hmm. Because as fans, it's art. It's subjective. And we should all enjoy it. And that's why I said, at the end of the day, the message here, we'll call it right down the middle. We'll give you our thoughts and opinions. We're entertaining. And thank you all for listening. But at the end of the day, 
we don't judge anybody for their opinions. I might not agree with you, but as long as you have a civil conversation with me, I'm more than willing to tell you my point of view. And, and even though if you can't convince me, I might even think you have good points. Because let's be honest, sometimes you just can't, and you don't need to convince everybody. Mm-hmm. You really don't. However, that's enough about the announcements for the show. We need to dive into the show because Ken is like literally itching at his wrist because I believe... <laughs> That's right, it's time to kick off this week's edition of 607 TWS. Let's talk about some news. We've had a lot of news enter the realm lately. And of course, we're not going to, other than tagging it on, we're not going to be able to let too much news in the next couple of yeah. weeks. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. So uh, let's start off with AEW. AEW held its first house show in Troy, Ohio, uh, called AEW House Rules. I think that's what they're going to call all their house shows, mm. or at least this loop of them, which is fine. I, I dig that's it. fine, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say I got, I got two different feelings on this, Ken, and I want to hear your take as well my two feelings about this is a i'm i'm a, I'm a fan I love the fact that they're doing house shows. You know, there's a lot of young, good talent there that is trying to grow up in front of a TV audience. And I think that that is why sometimes they fall short because they're not getting that, you know, the reps in, in, in controlled reps from the company they work for. Uh, but with that, and so I, I praise it. So Tony Khan, thank you so much for doing house shows. You can also go into different markets. You can see if something could grow for television. I, I think this is a great idea that they should have been doing a long time ago. Uh, and I don't care about this downside of people going, well, duh, you know, they didn't make them work those shows before. And now they're making, listen, man, you signed a contract. Mm-hmm. All right. You can. So what you're telling me is it's more important to you to work. And, and mind you, I love indie wrestling, but it's more important for you to work an indie wrestling show where you're taking a job from another guy who's not on television to instead of working for the company that's nationally branded for you. Yeah. That's putting you on television every week on cable TV. Second biggest company in the planet. Well, not the planet, sorry. In the States, I said planet. New Japan is actually the second biggest on the planet. But, you know, they're still top five in the in the world. Mm-hmm. Number two in the States. I think that's something. So I don't I don't understand why there should be complaints. I get it. Guys are spoiled or whatever. And, you know, I don't know why fans are defending it. But it is what it is. It's not our place to defend that. So I don't really care about that. I think the house shows are a good idea. Downside, though, is, listen, guys. You need to make some of these people work these house shows. Mm-hmm. Because you need star power. If you want people to come out, you need star power. And WWE, and I'm not saying they're the end-all, be-all all the time, but as far as the house show business goes, they have it on lock. Yeah. They have superstars. When they come to your town, when, you know, like when they come here to Binghamton, New York, and they we see them at the Veteran Memorial Arena, and they are advertising for it. Come see the stars of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Come, come witness the action live. We got... The we've got Seth freaking Rollins versus the A-list celebrity The Miz. And I know Hall's barred bang up that straight fight. We've got the WWE Raw Women's Champion and possibly and the longest reigning uh black champion in the history of pro wrestling, by the way. That is one of her new uh, monikers that came up. She has held a, a title longer than any other black athlete has held a championship in in uh, wrestling. So congratulations yeah, to Bianca nice. Belair. Congrats. I just want that's gone a little under the weather, uh, under the radar, I should say, not mm-hmm. weather. And uh, yeah, that, that's pretty awesome. That's a cool accomplishment. Anyways, mm-hmm. you see her as she takes on the man Becky Lynch. Like you get, the, so the, the stars are coming out, and then they put a, you know you know smaller talents on and people that are growing on, but you still have the star power. For this show, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, you got Mox and Claudio, 
But Claudio is not in the same level as Mox. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Nothing against him. I no, love that's Claudio. That's true. But then I'm looking at the results of this 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 thing, and you have literally QT Marshall versus Pat Buck. And I love Pat Buck, and I love QT Marshall. They're both great fucking human beings. But for the most part, QT's pretty much portrayed as a jobber or a manager. Mm-hmm. And behind the scenes, he's a producer. <laughs> and, and Pat Buck is also an agent and producer. Yeah. And it was like his first appearance. Well, why is he wrestling? Why don't you have one of your younger talents wrestling in that spot against QT? And even if you're going to have Pat Buck wrestle, why isn't Pat Buck wrestling one of the younger talents and getting a better match out of them and kind of showing them the ropes? Because there's no cameras on them. Mm-hmm. So it's beautiful. I mean, there's, you know, phone cameras, but you know, there's no still, like television yeah. cameras. Right. You're not, it's not a live product. So why are we wasting these matches? And then on top of that, you know, I, why is there no Kenny Omega? Young Bucks. You know what I mean? You need to bring your stars out to make people go to these house shows because then you can get the reps in for the younger talent. And I think there was a growing pain, and there's a lot of it coming out of it, and I'm not judging either of these women. Mm-hmm. Anna Jay made her return to the ring against Britt Baker at the house show. And from all reports, it was terrible. Yeah. And here, listen, that's the place, but that's the place to get it out. Mm-hmm. So I'm not criticizing Anna Jay. She works very hard, and so does Britt Baker. The problem is, is that, you know, coming back and that, but this is why house shows matter. How, how better, how much better would it have been though, if you could have put on a J in a tag match with Ty Conti against, or Ty Mello now, sorry, uh, against, uh, you know, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Mm-hmm. It would have kind of hidden a little more plus getting them the reps. You see what I mean though? Yeah. And that's why I think that you need more stars. Well, you absolutely have to do that. I mean, like I say, this wasn't a live TV production, but it's still, you're in front of a live crowd, and this is a way to really hone your skills, and especially for a very young roster, which they do have, getting those extra minutes in the ring and just learning the craft and honing the craft will go a long way when you're in front of the live crowds and tell in front of a TV audience, too. Like, this is one situation you're building basically towards Dynamite, Rampage, or your pay-per-views. This is where you really can work with another partner and find what works and what doesn't. So by the time it goes to TV, it's a well-polished product. When you don't do house shows, this is where it shines through, and especially in in situations like the Britt Baker-Anna J match. The highlights I've seen of it were not good, but it would have been a situation since Anna is coming back. I agree with you. She should have been in a tag match and just kind of eased back into the flow of things instead of going out there and really kind of having a forced match a little bit because their timing wasn't there. It was A lot of things went wrong that night, and I'm sure if they got the chance to redo it, it's going to be a better product, but you have to learn – how the other one is working so you'd be able to put on that story. And that's a situation that they need to bring more stars into these shows to have them work with the younger talent. If you're going to grow that company, you need to have that good mix of veterans and rookies. Yeah. And and like I said, I support this fully. Do what you got to do to get the crowds to be their way that they are, Tony, and continue pulling forward it. Maybe less time on the internet, tweeting to people, yeah. and responding. Who cares what people think? Just run the business and do what you're doing. Outside of that, uh, we're not going to talk much more AEW here because in the main event, we're going to talk about a great match that Tony Khan is giving us on Wednesday's Dynamite, and that's mm. Vikingo versus Kenny Omega. And we're going to talk a lot, a lot about that in the main event. So don't you guys fret. There is more AEW in the main event. Uh, let's jump over to World Wrestling Entertainment. There's a couple things that I want to talk about, including one big editorial piece before we go into Impact Wrestling's preview, shall we, Ken? Yes. First thing, let's talk about it. The hug heard around the world happened this Friday on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Finally, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn on the same page. We're anticipating them making that match probably within the week or so for WrestleMania, where it's going to be the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the World Tag Team Championships. First of all, before we get to any of that, how do you feel about the hug heard around the world? 
Once again, crowd popped like a son of a bitch. I was going to say, where was this event at? I, I have no clue. Right, but it was in Montreal. No, it was, it was it was in the States. This was one of the loudest pops I've heard on TV ever, to be honest with you. This is how invested the fans are with this storyline. And for everybody saying, oh, well, Kevin is not really part of this. It's, you know, it's Sammy should be in the title picture instead of Cody, blah, blah, blah. This proved right here without a shadow of a doubt the fans are still invested in the Sami Zayn storyline with Kevin Owens. This has been the long play that they have been building for quite some time. And when they do things right, this is why storylines matter in this TV era. When they come across on TV and you see the final product pay off as well as this did, this proves they were in the right direction and everything they've been doing has been on the right course. Absolutely. I think that this is a, a big step in the right direction. Obviously, we, we knew it was coming, but I think that they hit a home run with it. Great response, great internet response to it. That's going to kind of bring us into our next talk. It is spurning a lot of conversation and talk about the main event of night one of WrestleMania. Obviously, we already know, Cody Rhodes confirmed it uh, last week on Raw, that in the main event for WrestleMania 39, night two that is, mm. the, the closing match, which no surprise to anybody, will feature Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Universal Championship of the World. Uh, so therefore, we knew it was coming. We knew that was night, night two. So then we go to night one. Nothing has been announced yet for the night one main event. Rumor originally said that we were going to get Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Obviously, Rhea winning the uh, Royal Rumble makes sense. Mm -hmm. However, I you know, and I'm on board with it. If that's their choice, that's their choice. But I'm going to be on the fan. I'm going to be the one that says it, Ken. And I don't know if you agree. After seeing what we've seen, knowing how hot the bloodline is, knowing how hot the storyline is, which now does include Cody Rhodes. Because that's the nice part about this bloodline storyline. It's, it's melding everybody in. So I'm thinking the smart move now is for only the second time in the history of World Wrestling Entertainment, a tag team match should main event night one of WrestleMania. The only other time a tag team match main event at WrestleMania, trivia question. Do you know what the year, when it was? WrestleMania Two and what, uh, it's Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus uh, ah, it was WrestleMania one. But it was one. You had the match right. Yeah, but WrestleMania one. So, thirty-eight WrestleManias ago, we had the only other tag team main event, and I get it. I'm not shitting on the women. Trust me, this is not a. You know me. I love the women's division. Oh, absolutely. I love. Yeah, I, yeah, lo yeah. I think the match between Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley is going to be phenomenal. We've seen them wrestle at Mania before. This is the second Mania encounter. I'm sure there'll be a rubber match at some point in juncture. And then, of course, I'm a huge fan of both Bianca Belair and Asuka, and we're going to talk about that match in particular in the main event of this show. The thing is, is I'm looking at it like this from a Booker standpoint, looking at the crowd reactions, knowing what we have coming night two. I go, okay, how, what do you do on episodic television shows? What do you do? You make sure that there's a reason to tune in next week. Mm -hmm. So let's look at WrestleMania, night one and night two. And it doesn't always have to connect. But if night one ends with Jay and Jimmy Uso representing the bloodline with their unified, undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships, defending them against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, which Kevin Owens main evented WrestleMania last year. Mm -hmm. Sami Zayn is obviously a main eventer. Yeah. I think that that ties directly into the story that we're telling at the end of night two. So why wouldn't you end night one to continue that story to end that story on night two is my opinion. Man, that's a great argument. I, I'll be honest. I could go either way. 
because like you hit the bloodline storyline. We always say this about, you know, comic movies to pop culture audience. And and so I'm going to use that same reference here. This storyline has transcended the wrestling audience and it's now dabbling into that pop culture area. You almost have to make it the main event. And it's nothing against Charlotte and Rhea because I think that is an absolute main event no matter where, you, where you're going to see it. And if they kept it the main event of night one, I'd be okay with it. Oh, yeah. I'm not, compl- yeah, not, you, I'm not complaining about it. Right, right, right. I'm not saying you were. I'm not saying you were. I want to make sure I clarify that. But it's a, it's, it's a tough call. But I, I think you have to just on how further it's connecting with the larger audience for the storylines. Absolutely. And obviously, this is directly tied in. I mean, we're anticipating that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens win. Yeah. I mean, they might not, but we're anticipating them win. So that means the bloodline takes their first L, <laughs> pretty mm-hmm. much big at major L, in the last two, almost three years, right? Mm-hmm. So they take their first major, and on night one. So now the story becomes Roman's even more in his head. Like, oh my God, the bloodline was crumbling. I thought we brought it back around, but somehow, somehow Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn snuck in the back door and they're they're tearing it down again. And now I have to go out there and make sure the same doesn't happen to me. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have the storyline all night setting up about, I'm assuming that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to help make sure that the main event stays a fair main event. Mm-hmm. So what, for once, the bloodline won't have the numbers. So we have a storyline from that night into night two of the biggest storyline in wrestling that I don't think anybody's disagreeing with. And it just, it sucks, you know, on some level, but once again, it's just kind of like last year. And I understand like, oh, well, then why is the point of it? The winner, well, the winner doesn't always get the main event. Ask CM Punk. Yeah. (laughs) CM Punk, CM Punk, uh, you know, was the champion and he wasn't in the main event. Mm Mm-hmm. Remember, because Rock and Cena were the main event. Yeah, but he was in the in a match with you know uh, you know the winner of the Royal Rumble. So it doesn't always happen, even without the women. Mm-hmm. And yes, last year the women didn't main event a night either. But I, once again, you're gonna say Stone Cold doesn't deserve to main event a night of WrestleMania. Yeah. So like, there's certain situations now. In making up for this, my 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 ex, my opinion on this is that the women's titles matches. The Raw and the SmackDown should be the opening contest on both nights. Because if you're not the main event, the second best place to be on the card is the open. Because your job is to set the tone for the night. And I think that both of those matches in ring Mm -hmm. are good enough to set the tone. And I'll take it a step further. Night one should open with Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. And I would go as far as I think Charlotte Flair should pull the Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 35 came to the ring and said, if I'm not going to be first, if I'm not going to be on last, I'm going on first so I can leave. That would be amazing. And it would play into the character that is Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Follow this. You know what I mean? And I love it. I think that that's great. And then night two, Bianca and uh, Oscar. Oscar should open WrestleMania because I think that that's a tremendous in-ring match. And we'll talk more about it, like I said, in the main event of the show. That's going to be one of the subjects. So you might be putting it together if you put all the clues together. Mm. But that's going to be one of the subjects in the main event. Because you have so much good shit going on that I think that those matches are strong enough to open these cards. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't think that there should be – I mean, honestly, I think you could put Rhea and Charlotte anywhere on the card. It's going to be a fucking great match. Mm-hmm. I think you could do the same with Bianca and Asuka. But I, I really think that, that that should be the showcase. And I, I, I know some people think it's a downgrade. It's not. And I know some people are going to complain either way. I get it. I'm just saying, if you look at storylines and you look at what we've been telling, I think that the uh, as of right now, with the reactions that are going, I think the tag title match should main event 
night one of WrestleMania. And I also think the history is behind it. We have not had a tag team match main event WrestleMania other than one other time, and that was the first WrestleMania. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Let's, you know what? You know what, what this also does? It shows that WWE might be revamping the tag team division. Because so in one foul sweep, we have the bloodline storyline, the hottest storyline in wrestling. We have Kevin Owens, a main eventer, and Sami Zayn, a main eventer, who have been entwined in this bloodline situation for a long time. The story goes through them. It's beautiful. So you have all this great storyline stuff. But on top of that, you have the sub thing of the tag team. No tag team has gone on last at any night of WrestleMania other than the original. Mm. So now we have it go on last again for the belts. So that means tag team wrestling is what? Important. Yep. Because now to the casual wrestling fan, the hardcore fans, we kind of, you know, whatever. We, we understand things to a little more. But to the casual fan, they go, oh, man, they obviously are showcasing tag team wrestling because it's in the main event. You see what I mean? No, I'm so with I, you. Think it's a double-edged, I think it's a double-edged sword in a good way of the reason why you should have it main event night one. Well, it's a great problem to have. I mean, that's the, at the end of the day, this is showing what Triple H has done with the company since he's taken over. And you're going to have two epic nights of mania. So... Yeah, I could definitely see that going with it, and especially if you have the women's title matches open the show too because, like you touched upon, that sets the pace for the entire night. Right, and once again, if Charlotte and Rhea do close out night one, I'm still happy about it. Oh, yeah, I'd still it. be happy too. Oh, I'm yeah. just saying I think that the opportunity, especially with the storylines going on, I think the opportunity for the tag title match is far greater. One more WWE thing before we jump into sacrifice real quick, Ken M, and that, of course, is it started late, but we finally have gotten announcements for the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2020. Three, and I might miss some people here, so let's let's, let's worry out. The first announced was Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. so Rey Mysterio will be going in uh, the uh, Friday before WrestleMania. So technically, it's still the night before night one, right? But that's when the Hall of Fame happens. Now is that Friday night, and then of course we found out from uh, Ric Flair announced it, which he got was gave the honor. But it was something we thought was going to happen because of all the trades that went on. The Great Muda is entering yes. the WWE Hall Amazing of Fame, honor. and I've heard he is going to be in Los Angeles to accept. That's what I've heard. I don't know if it's 100% true or not, but I've heard that he is going to be there to accept. Oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, I think that was part. Uh, yeah, once yeah. again, I think it was all part of the deal. It's got to be part of the deal, but I was just thinking, you know what would be amazing if he was actually on the show? It, it, I think he's going to be. And then, of course, we just found out today as we're recording that uh, they are finally, yeah, finally, after all of these years, uh, going to, uh, and I, I should read the announcement because I can tell you who is inductee. Uh, the, the inductor for this is a no That's a no-brainer. Brainer, because, ladies and gentlemen, I think that they should have done this a long time ago, but Andy Kaufman is the newest name to be entered into the celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame. I can't believe he wasn't already there, but I'm assuming Jerry the King Lawler will be inducting him in. I was actually shocked when they said it just because Kaufman should have been there years ago, and this is such a surprise that they're finally doing it, I'm all in for this. I mean, obviously, if you don't know the impact of Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman, you need to go search that out. I mean, it's one of the most historic moments in all pro wrestling and just for the sheer pop culture impact. So to see this finally go down, that is a monster deal to witness. And, yeah, Lawler's got to be the one to induct. Oh, I absolutely think that's going to happen. Uh, of course, I'm still waiting because I think that we're going to and might get the announcement tonight on Raw because we're recording on Monday before Raw. We're going to be home to watch it, thankfully. And I, I'm 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 thinking Batista, as long as he can be there, because that was the caveat for him. He says he he's he wants to go in the Hall of Fame, but he has to be able to accept the the, the Hall of Fame award. I could be wrong. But I heard that he was filming a movie out of country. Well, that sucks then. That's why I said that's it. That's why I said But it's rumor, rumor, rumor. I'm not so breaking any news. I, I'm so still hoping. I, like yeah. I said, I'm still hoping because I hope he can come back just at least to accept it. Because he said he, he definitely wants to go in the Hall of Fame, but it's, he wants to be there to give the speech. He doesn't want to just, you know, do it in absentia. 
Well, you know what? That would be something if he, if he said that rumor he was doing a movie and he winds up going That'd just to throw everybody off. And you listen, I'm all for it. Like I said, not breaking anything, but that's the rumors I've been hearing about that. That, that is a definitely a big rumor. So we're going to find out because I'm sure there's going to be a few more on that main. And then they usually have a few uh, legacy entrants as well. So mm-hmm. we're going to find out more about that coming in as well. Uh, by the way, speaking of, uh, I always say we don't break news here. But uh, good thanks to uh, Padawan Jay, we are breaking some news. Oh, uh, According to uh, at WrestleMania, so the official WWE WrestleMania Twitter page. Okay. Get ready for the WrestleMania Showcase Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match. Which team are you rolling with is what it says. Here are the four teams involved. The Viking Raiders. Okay. Alpha Academy. The Street Profits. And Braun Strowman and Ricochet. So it's crossing brands, but that is going to be a four-way match at WrestleMania. I'm all for it. Four great teams. I'd love to see the Viking Raiders win. I know we'll be breaking this down more next week, but I thought that that was cool to announce as it came in. So I'm, I'm looking for, honestly, that sounds like pretty awesome. So, so far, like I said, confirmed for the Hall of Fame, we have Andy Kaufman, the great Muda, and of course, Rey Mysterio, who is going, uh, you know, technically, I think he's going to be fighting Dominic Mysterio. We'll talk more about that next week when mm-hmm. we preview the show. Let's preview a show, though, that's going on this weekend, shall we, Ken? I'm going to skip to it and then close out the opening segment with some impact wrestling. It's quietly one of the best wrestling products on television. Week well, in and week out. I shouldn't say on television, mostly on the internet. Right, but, uh, but still. But more people should be talking about it because they put on consistent quality work no well, matter when. Well, Impact Wrestling is back with uh, their pay-per-view, and it's one of the, I, I don't know what to call them. I, I kind of call them half pay-per-views, if you will, even though they're three hours long, because it's the, one of the $10 pay-per-views. I call them showcase shows. Okay, there we go. I like that. Showcase pay-per-view. How about that? It's only because it's one of the $10 shows, so very affordable, but mm-hmm. a hell of a card on this show. It is T, it's Impact, I almost said TNA, it's Impact Wrestling's Sacrifice. Going down this upcoming Friday, March 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it'll be going from the St. Clair College in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Okay. And uh, let's do a quick rundown of the card, shall we? Let's do this. PCO is taking on Kenny King. So that feud continues. Mm, Another return of PCO. Very solid feud. Uh, For the Impact Digital Media Championship, your champion, Joe Hendry. And you what, Ken? I believe in Joe Hendry. Is going to take on Brian Myers. Oh, that'll be a fun match. Oh, this is going to be a great match. By the way, this match was on the uh, pre-show. Hopefully, it's on the main show this time as Jonathan Gresham goes one-on-one with Speedball Mike Bailey. Fight forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Then we have for the Impact World Tag Team Championships, your tag team champions, the Bullet Club. Of course, they did defeat the Motor City Machine Guns to take those titles. About damn time. Ace Austin and Chris Bay, and they're going to be defending it against, Ready? TMDK, the mighty don't kneel, but it will not be it will not be the normal TMDK. It will instead be Shane Haste and Bad Dude Tito. Still. So we're not gonna get the the, the original TMDK. Right, 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 but but still uh, still officially members of TMDK as far as New Japan goes. That's a phenomenal match. So Bullet Club versus the Mighty Don't Kneel. I'm loving this. I'm Give it loving to me. this. Give it to me. In a singles match, we're going to have Deanna Parazzo versus Giselle Shaw, and she's going to have Jai Vidal and Savannah Evans in her corner. That's a very solid match. The X Division title will be on the line as your champion, Trey Miguel, is going one-on-one with one of the baddest dudes on the planet, Lindsay Dorado. Ho, ho, ho. All right. In a busted open match, 
Tommy Dreamer goes one-on-one with Bully Ray, and uh, I guess it's a first blood match. Okay. That's what I gathered from uh, listening to Busted Open the other day. Yeah. Is Bully, it's a bust, it's, but you know, their show's called Busted Open. They're both hosts on it. I think that's fun. No, that's a fun match. Uh, of course, for the Impact Knockouts World Championship, your champion, Mickey James, defends against the former champion, Jordan Grace. And the stipulation still is Mickey loses, she retires? It does not say that here, but I'm assuming yes, because that was what it was before. Yeah. So I don't know if they've changed that now. I don't know if they come back on it, but... Still be a great match. I'm still calling Mickey, though. And in the main event of the evening, if you will, in a six-man tag team extravaganza. And I don't know if that'll close the show or the knockouts, but that's the last one on here. Uh, the team of Frankie Kazarian, the Impact Wrestling World Champion, the walking weapon Josh Alexander, and Rich Swan are going to take on the Time Machine, Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin, and Kushida. Oh, wow. So it's going to be a hell of a match there. Oh, oh, that's an incredible main event. So that all goes down. Fight.tv, 9.99, this upcoming Friday, the 24th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check it out. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. That's a hell of a card. $10? I'm 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 gonna tell you right now I'm watching that card ten dollars. Yeah, yeah that's an amazing card. And th- now this is not just to clarify to our listening audience. This is not part of the subscription service. This no. is a this is this a separate. Is a, this is a pay per view. This is so a separate ten dollars. Yep. Yes. So it's not part of Fight Plus. Right. That's what it's I'm just going on with. Fight.tv for ten dollars. So, but it's worth it. It's absolutely it's absolutely worth it. I also do think, and I'd have to get clarification. And we we always try we always forget to get the clarification from Dog, but I do believe that this is one of those ones that's included if you have that Impact Plus subscription service that they have yes because they have a deal with youtube and fight so i think if you have that subscription you get the ten dollar ones as part of it once again we'll have to check in to do our due diligence we always forget to ask the dog but then again when we see the dog it's usually for big events and we're talking about the big events you know yeah but he he actually mentioned this one so this proves it's well worth the time to go get this and yeah we'll definitely shoot a line to him and get a little more clarification he is our impact wrestling aficionado yes he's a big 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 fan it's his, yes. it's his number one Yes. So, therefore, we always lean on him for that information. So, that's going to do it for the opening contest of 607TWS. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it'll be the mid-card. And you know that means the Indie Roundup. right this music can only mean one thing it means we are back for the mid card of this week's edition of 607 tws the wrestling show that's right ken m hit that bass baby Woo! yeah of course when we hit that mid card you know 
It is time to hit that Indie Roundup. And the Indie Roundup is brought to you by our good friends over at Fight.tv. More specifically, Fight Plus, where for now, $7.99 a month, you get a ton of awesome pro wrestling content. Tons of it. Tons Mm -hmm. of it. But you also get MMA. Yep. Kickboxing, rugby, mm-hmm. soccer, all sorts of great stuff on that uh, platform. But we're here to talk about pro wrestling. And you get pro wrestling action from such uh, great uh, federations as Game Changer Wrestling, mm-hmm. Black Label Pro, yep, AIW. Uh, you got Wrestling Revolver, Glory Pro Live. And you know what? The best part about all these and more is that you get their live shows for that price. Plus, you also get archive shows. Yeah. You get the free replays of what's already been on, and then they're adding stuff to the archive for $7.99 a month. And if you were listening to us before, you have it for $4.99 a month. You're welcome. Exactly. The best deal in all of independent pro wrestling and even combat sports in general, or even sports in general, like however you want to break it down. There is so much for fans to dive into for a very, very low cost. Game Changer Wrestling brings you to Collective each and every year. In years past, the Collective has been $140 plus. Yeah. This year, included with Fight Plus. So this year, we get to watch all the Collective shows that we will be breaking down next week going into WrestleMania for the low, low price of $7.99. Think about the savings there alone. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, they do like two to three fucking pay-per-views a month or more. Not to mention, Black Label Pro's got one or two a month. Glory Pro has one a month. Wrestling Revolver, one a month. AIW, at least one. Sometimes two, sometimes three a month. Yeah. Like, these places are knocking out of the park, and it's great wrestling action. And maybe you don't like Game Changer Wrestling. We're <laughs> going to talk about some controversy there. There's people who don't like it. But you know what? If you like AEW, just as a, as a throw-out, mm-hmm. you probably like AIW. Yeah. Because it's a very similar style. Same thing with Wrestling Revolver. If you like Impact and, and AEW, Wrestling Revolver is for you. Mm-hmm. Black Label Pro as well. So, like, there's a lot of stuff out there. So, there's, you know, different strokes for different folks. And they have it all covered and more to come soon over at Fight Plus. Make sure you go to Fight.tv. Sign up for Fight Plus today. Oh, by the way, on top of all that, you get two free fight credits a month to put towards pay-per-views. That means if you uh, were a member for five months... So five months. Mm. That'd be 10 fight credits. That means you could have gotten this week's Impact Wrestling's sacrifice absolutely free. Yeah. Use your fight. And if you're an international listener, save up all your fight credits and get a free AEW pay-per-view down the road. Smart moves. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. It's the best deal in all of independent pro wrestling. Ken M., are you ready to talk some Game Changer Wrestling, though? Because this was all yeah. on Fight Plus. Yeah. This, this weekend was a busy one for Game Changer Wrestling. So this past Friday... March the 17th, good old St. Patty's Day, uh, GCW returned to the Melrose Ballroom in Queens, New York City for Eye for an Eye. And this was a huge card. Are you ready to break it down? Let's do it. In the opening contest, we had a classic GCW six-way scramble match where the king of wreck shit mountain, Cole Radrick, defeated Alec Price, Jimmy Lloyd, Starboy Charlie, Steve Scott, and Yoya in six minutes and 34 seconds. By the way, another one of these great banger opener six-way scrambles and gets the crowd pumped up. You know, they're always so short, but there's always so much action in them. Yeah, GZW pulls off scramble matches better than anybody. Oh, I absolutely agree. Mm. The only one that comes close, I think, is AIW. Yeah, AIW is a good. The only person that comes is the only company that comes close in the six way. It's a good number two, but yeah, GCW takes it. In a singles match, all heart. Blake Christian defeated Jack Cartwheel. Ten minutes, eleven seconds. Uh, The uh, Blake Christian heel turn has been fully on, and uh, man, another. uh, You know, I still love me some Blake Christian, but damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, next up, 607 TWS's favorite asshole, Tony Deppin, defeated Willie Mack, 13 minutes and 20 seconds. This is one of my favorite matches of the night. I agree. This was a great match. 
The man always ready, Matt Cardona, on what possibly may be his final tour of the Indies, if you believe the uh, first uh, the Raw after WrestleMania rumors about him. Mm-hmm. We'll see, because those rumors have been around for a long time. He defeated independent wrestling first ballot Hall of Famer, the notorious 187 homicide, 14 minutes and 11 seconds. This was a great match, though. This was a very, very good match. And, of course, he cheated to win as normal. Yeah, I was going to say, he needed to do something to take out homicide. But, yeah, it was a great match. Next up, we had a tag team extravaganza. And, boy, did this get extreme as your uh, – because, obviously, there is no death matches allowed in New York City. Mm-hmm. So there, this, is one, this is always one of the shows when they go to New York City, I tell the crowds to check out. If you don't like death matches, you're not going to get any. But we had uh, some death match wrestlers in this match putting on a hell of a showcase because your GCW, the reigning ultraviolet champion, Rina Yamashita, uh, t- tag-teamed with Sawyer Wreck and defeated Los Maciso, Ciclope, and Miedo Extreme at 12 minutes and 53 seconds. Doors galore, chairs galore, great match. Fantastic match. Very exciting, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. We had a four-way tag team extravaganza up next as Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie defeated the main event, Jay Lion and Midas Black, the second-gear crew team of One Call Manders and the Southern Psychopath, Mance Warner, and Wasted Youth, Dylan McKay and Marcus Mathers, eight minutes and 33 seconds. This match was all over the place, but I'm always here for Bussy. Yeah. Can never go wrong with the teams involved. And, yeah, this was a phenomenal match. And, listen, I will never get over hearing Bussy chants. Yes. Next up, we had a lucha, lucha, lucha match as the base god Gringo Loco defeated Bandito in 12 minutes and 53 seconds. I was shocked that Gringo got the win, but a hell of a win, a hell of a match with Bandito. Happily surprised at the ending for this. I love Gringo and I love Bandito too, like two of my favorites. This was everything I was hoping for and just seeing Gringo Loco pull off the win, amazing. All right, next up for the GCW Extreme Championship, your GCW Extreme Champion, the bad boy Joey Danella, took on New York City wrestling legend, the Grim Reefer. This match got 9 minutes and 41 seconds at the end of the day, and still Game Changer Wrestling Extreme Champion, the bad boy Joey Janella. After the match, though, Joey gave him the flowers to Grim Reefer. Yeah. I'm making a bold prediction now. Next, uh, So this upcoming collective, we've already got uh, the listing. It's not complete yet for this year's Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame going down this upcoming collective weekend mm-hmm. uh, for Game Changer Wrestling. Actually, a couple weeks, sorry, WrestleMania weekend. I'm saying that next year when it's in Philadelphia, I think Grim Reefer's going into the Independent Hall of Fame. I could see that. And he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Next up, we had a great, this was my favorite match of the night. Tag team match. The Time Splitters, Alex Shelley and Kushida, defeated the tag team of the East Coast Ace and JCW champion Jordan Oliver and Speedball Mike Bailey. Talk about strange bedfellows, but hell of a tag team. Match got 21 minutes and 12 seconds. This match was phenomenal. I was surprised at the time it got, but happily surprised. And this lived up to the hype. Like, I mean, we've known about the East West Express for so long now, and they just stepped their game I mean, off let's think about Speedball Mike Bailey stepping in for... You know, because obviously Nick Wayne wasn't yep. part of this match and taking on the time splitters and mm-hmm. were great tag team Alex Shelley and Kushida. And I, I just want to throw it out there, man, for not tagging. I don't, I don't, I think they might have had a tag one off or something somewhere else, maybe. But Mike Bailey and Jordan Oliver look great. They look great. Like I say, just with the young talent they have and Jordan Oliver just stepping in, especially with Speedball spilling in for him. Well, you know what's going to be awesome is coming up at Joey Janela's Spring Break during the Collective, we do get the actual East-West Express of 
Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne taking on the GCW World Tag Team Champions, the Motor City Machine Gun. So Alex Shelley's got to go back out there again and put it on the line. By the way, I did enjoy the fact that even though Alex Shelley's been trying to be a heel everywhere, he broke that. He can't do it. Well, he broke that to give a hug to Jordan Oliver at the beginning of the match because Jordan Oliver's one of the young kids that he's happy that he's helped come along. And it's so so cool to see. Yeah, I was going to say, he can't do that in GCW. Like everywhere else, he's doing it great. But GCW, it's kind of like the the reverse play Christian I think he could be a heel there, but the thing is, I don't think like him, Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver have a special place in Alex Shelley's heart. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that he wants to ever act like a heel to those two kids because he has helped them so much in Game Changer Wrestling and elsewhere. Yeah. So it's it's always nice. And if you ever watch, if you ever get a chance on IWTV, uh, a few months ago they did uh, they do this. Well, they do a series every month called In the Life, mm-hmm. and they give different independent wrestlers a camera like a GoPro, and they film their lives and going to shows and stuff. They did a three parter actually with Alex Shelley. That's phenomenal and. That's what he talks about. The reason he came back to wrestling is because he wanted to help young kids. He didn't want to, you know, come back for his own stardom. And it's it's so cool to see. Yeah. Really wholesome shit, man. Uh, that leaves the main event of the evening, though. For the Game Changer Wrestling World Championship, your champion, the man, the king, the, the fucking god, god of, of this, this shit, shit, Nick Gage, defending against the number one contender because she won the uh, Battle Royal. And that was Masha Slamovich in her hometown of New York City. The crowd was behind her, but could she get it done? This match got 20 minutes and nine seconds at the end of the day, winning via chokeout. Mm-hmm. And new Game Changer Wrestling World's Champion, Masha Slamovich, defeating the King. And after the match, Getting a thumbs up from the king because he said that he always says that he's the realest motherfucker in the locker room, but now Mosh is the realest motherfucker. I thought that was a cool put over by Nick Gage, and I thought it was a great time for a title change. The mm-hmm. crowd came unglued. They couldn't believe what they saw. Nick Gage, of course, staying true, does not tap out, passes out instead in the choke. I was happy to see Masha Slamovich. We both were hoping and rooting for. Not that we have anything against Nick Gage. We right, both right, love right. Nick Gage. But I just thought it was the right time, and they pulled the trigger. And I thought, what did you think about it? Everything about this just just clicked. This is perfect. And Masha has been ready for the title run. I, I'm going to be super excited to see where she goes with the belt. And, you know, Nick passing the torch here, nothing wrong with that. I'm a super big fan of him as well. But I thought how everything we just involved with this match just came out perfectly. Well, GCW wasn't done. They had one more show. But I will say, in between the shows, we found out Masha Slamovich was already booked for the Toronto Sunday show, which we're going to talk about in a second. So then it was made official that she would be defending her newly won Game Changer Wrestling world title on the show. Let's talk about that show. Because Sunday, 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 the 19th of March, we had Game Changer Wrestling Presents Worst Behavior 2023 from the Opera House in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I want to take the time to say this was a really cool-looking venue. Yes, agreed. I hope... I hope and pray they're coming back. I think that they announced that they will be coming back. I don't think they announced a date, though. They didn't announce the date, but they did say they were coming back. I can't. The crowd was hot. It was a legit sellout, just like the New York City show was Mm -hmm. a legit sellout. Cannot wait to see more Game Changer Wrestling in new markets. Let's talk about the card, though, shall we? First up, we had a six-way scramble match where All Heart Blake Christian defeated one called Manders, Alec Price, Big Vin, Michael Richard Blyce. And Starboy Charlie in 12 minutes and 32 seconds. A little longer six-way, but really good six-way as well. Very solid match. Of course, uh, the night before, Blake Christian kind of stuck his nose in that main event. Yeah. We, we still have that uh, beef between him and Masha. We're going to see it go forward. Of course, Akira ran him off. Uh, I love Akira online, uh, the real-life boyfriend of Masha Slamovich, saying, I didn't, you know, obviously we had the spot, but I kind of stayed away, if you guys noticed, because I wanted the moment to be all her. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool, too. Yes, agreed. 
Uh, next up, we did get the East-West Express because Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne defeated Wasted Youth, Dylan McKay and Marcus Mathers. 23 minutes, 43 seconds. Four young men. They gave them time, and they tore the fucking house down. One of my favorite matches of the weekend and my favorite match of this night. Yeah, I agree with you. This is a match of the night for me on this card, but... <sighs> What an incredible showing. Uh, dude, coming out party for Dylan McKay yes. and, and uh, Marcus Mathers, who have been working their way up the cards in JCW and now into GCW and to hang with the East-West Express. It was nice to see four really young. I mean, I think the oldest person in the ring was Jordan Oliver mm-hmm. at, the, at the old age of 21. I think uh, it, it, it's pretty good. Yeah. And, and I might be wrong. Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I think you're 21. You might only be 20. I, so if I got it wrong, brother, I, I apologize. I truly do. Shout-outs to the East Coast Ace. Mm. Big fans. Uh, next up, in a non-title match, your game-changer wrestling uh, extreme champion, the bad boy Joey Janela, defeated Benjamin Tull in 11 minutes and 40 seconds. And now let's get to the controversial match. Yeah. Always ready, Matt Cardona defeated Sexy Eddie in 5 minutes and 55 <laughs> seconds. Now, first of all, I want to point out, Sexy Eddie has been around for a long time. Yeah. And I'm glad that Dave Prezak gave him his flowers on commentary. If you didn't know, Sexy Eddie... Uh, first crashed into the American scene. The first time I knew of him was in the early 2000s. And I mean early, like 2001, 2002. 2001. In uh, Combat Zone Wrestling. Yep. Those were back when Zandig still owned the company. That's where I first remember seeing Sexy Eddie. And Sexy Eddie is really um, credited with getting a lot of Canadian wrestlers, getting a pipeline into Canada. So guys like Kevin Owens and El Generico, a.k.a. Sami Zayn, and mm-hmm. others have credited Sexy Eddie because without him, there wouldn't have been a pipeline from Canada into the East Coast and even West Coast of the United States. Uh, is he on the level of those gentlemen in the ring? Not really, but he's still a good wrestler. It's not that he's bad. Sorry, you know. Yeah, but Sexy Eddie has always had the gimmick, the stripper gimmick. He wears, yeah. you know, the bow tie. He's got the ripaway pants, and he usually wears the mankini. Okay, uh, so this is normal behavior. I think. I think uh, one point he was wearing banana hammocks for a while. It's just Sexy Eddie, hence the name. And it's right. nice to see that he's still out there. And it was nice for praise that he gets his flowers. So there's a spot during this match. Now I'm not sure. I can't speak to it to be exact. I can only say about how Brett Lauderdale handled it. I'm assuming it was it was purposefully done. However, it could have been a wardrobe malfunction as well. At one point during the match with Matt Cardona, his mankini gets ripped off. Yeah. And by the way, so now he is literally ass, butt-ass naked, but you never, and I want to point this out, you never see his penis right. or his balls. He covers them in such a way that you never see him. Shit, he does a moonsault and you still never see them. So, you know, I, giving credit all the day to Sexy Eddie, whether it was a mistake or, or a set-up spot, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Right, right. Give him credit all day for being able to pull off a hell of a match. I do think it was on purpose at the end when the ref kept trying to raise his hand. He's like, no! <laughs> I think it was funny. Of course, some people on the internet saw that clip out of context and instantly went, and then the children that are watching the show. Oh, what are they going to do? They got guys exposing themselves. First of all, he never exposed himself. Right. I was watching the event. Ken was watching the event. A bunch of people, even if you look at the clip, mm-hmm. you never see his dick or balls. Right. Let's give, now let's get a little uh, vulgar on it. I don't give a fuck. We never saw cocking balls. <laughs> let's take it back to the old school Adam Sandler days. So because we never saw his cocking balls, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that that's a problem. It's no different than when Ric Flair's pants got pulled down and you see his ass or Shawn Michaels used to do that spot too. Actually, a lot of wrestlers do that spot, but I think those are the two most uh, notable ones. And right. that was for WWE and WCW respectively. So I don't understand like seeing a man's ass if that's such a big deal. I also would like to point out these same people that were complaining about it 
I don't think they would be complaining if there was a wardrobe malfunction on a female. Mm. If Allie Catch's top broke, I'm not saying on purpose, but if right, her right, top right, broke, right. I guarantee they wouldn't be going, oh, the children. They'd be pervs. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's who complains yeah. about that, unfortunately. Thankfully, that didn't happen, but I'm just saying. So let's, 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 because it's a man, it's disturbing. Lastly, there was no kids in attendance, and it was an 18 plus show. And yes, it's on Fight TV, and yes, kids could watch. But here's the thing. And I, as a parent, and I know my kid is 17, he's a senior in high school, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so obviously I'm, I'm not talking about little kids. But as a parent, if you choose to let your kids watch Game Changer Wrestling, which has never been promoted as a family-friendly company. Right. They're not. They do death matches for God's exactly. sake. They, they, they do death matches. But if you choose to let your children watch, okay, as a parent, that is your choice. It is nobody's fucking business what you let your children watch, whether you agree with it or not. I don't care. Okay. That's where we've really kind of gotten out of fucking whack, in my opinion, in, in the world today. People telling other people how to parent their children. Mm-hmm. Listen, I don't agree with how some people parent their kids, but it's their children. Right. You know, I don't agree with people who let their kids hit them. You know, you see it in the store all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't hit mommy, Tyler. I don't agree with that. However... That's their choice. I'm not going to step in and say something to their child because it's not my place. I'm not the parent. Mm. Their parent will pay for that later on. We all saw Megan. We know what happens to those kids. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Hiya. But you know, that. so I'm tired of this excuse. If you don't like Game Changer Wrestling, don't watch it. Nobody's making you watch it. We cover it because we like it. Also, we cover a lot of indies Mm -hmm. because we think there should be a spotlight on independent pro wrestling. Absolutely. We just got a great interview with the cast of Monster Factory. And the one thing that we got from that interview, and I loved it, is Gabby talked about how the only thing that she wished that she would have added in was talking about how how you can be an independent pro wrestler, and that's viable. Yeah. So there is love for independent. All your favorites came from independent pro wrestling, with the exception of Roman Reigns. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a couple others. But like most of them came through the indies. Right. So if you don't like Game Changer Wrestling, it's not your cup of tea, I fully understand that's fine. But to fake outrage this, I'm sorry. I can't get behind it. Your thoughts? GCW has been and forever will be an 18-plus show. That's the demo, you know, since everybody worries about the demographics. 18 to 43. Yeah, everybody worries about that number so much for reasons. That said, little kids should not be there. And I'm sure if you go through Fight TV and you have parental control set up, they're not watching it anyway. So the fact that everybody wants to have a fake outrage about some incident that was a wardrobe malfunction, this has happened time and time again in wrestling. This has been something like Rich touched upon. Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels. Like, all we got to see is his ass. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't like anything that we haven't seen before. Like Exactly. I, so whether it was done on purpose or wardrobe malfunction, it wasn't like we saw, you know, the, the nasty parts, if you mm-hmm. will. It's not like he was walking around, his dick was helicoptering, right, and right. fucking he was continuing the match. You never saw that. You never saw the balls or his penis. That's that's fine. Yeah. Once again, the outrage is just stupid. Because I was going to say, didn't we have an incident in AEW, too, where somebody got their pants pulled? Yeah, Moxley, you could see his balls, too. Yeah. Which, once again, it was an accident. It was an accident, but that's still the same point. Once again, though, I will defend AEW. AEW, technically, yes, kids are at the show, but technically they they promote themselves as an adult company. Mm-hmm. They are going after that 18 to 43 demographic unapologetically, hence why there's bleeding and everything else yeah. and swearing. So, you know, 
once again, yeah, you know, MJF throwing the drink at the kid, eh, a little out of line. <laughs> a lot, not a little, a lot out of line. <laughs> but at the same point in juncture, I could have used the same logic of the kid being there. But once again, his mother was there. Yes. She was at the show. She allows her child to watch. Mm-hmm. I have zero problems with that. Correct. That is her child. And once again, that kid would have been fine if he didn't get something thrown on him. And I think that, and once again, I praise AEW for doing stuff. And it was confirmed by Mark Henry that in the back, because he ain't going to talk about it, that, uh, that MJF apologized to the child. Mm-hmm. So he did break character, apologize to the kid. For all those people wondering, that's according to Mark Henry on Busted Open. You go look it up. Yeah. And on top of that, they gave the kid a lot of stuff. And, you know, the kid got, he was like, Mark said when he saw the kid, the kid was smiling and happy. And he was like, so we took a a negative and we turned it into a positive. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to do in those situations. Shit happens. Am I mad at MJF? Of course I'm mad at him because he shouldn't have done it because that can cost you money. And that's, that's bad. (laughs) That's tremendously bad. So once again, uh, you want to add anything onto the outrage or the fake outrage? I should say. The fake outrage is simple. If you don't like it, don't watch it and don't complain about it. If you're not watching it, like stay in your bubble, watch what you like, and that's all you need to do. But if you don't get GCW, if you don't get how stuff happens on the indie wrestling circuit like that, that's not for you. So keep it simple. Don't speak. All right. Let's move on with the card, shall we? Uh, the Southern Psychopath, Mance Warner, defeated the King of Wreckship, Mountain Cole Raderick, 8 minutes and 29 seconds. Another great match. Mm-hmm. Then we had a six-man tag team extravaganza uh, featuring IWS versus GCW and the IWS team of Casanova Productions, JT the producer, Shane Hawk, and McCray Martin with uh, Matt Villaney in their corner defeated Yokai, Janaikai, and Yoya and Tony Depp in 10 minutes and 17 seconds only because Team GCW imploded as yeah. Yoya and Tony Depp and got into it. Yeah. Next up, we had the reigning undisputed and def- well, not defending because the non-title match for Game Changer Wrestling uh, Ultra Violent Champion Rina Yamasha, and she defeated the first ballot Independent Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer Lufisto in 13 minutes and 49 seconds. This was a great match. Love this match. Lufisto put it in there. So didn't uh, Rina. Rina. Great match. Mm-hmm. Next up, we had a Lucha, Lucha, Lucha match as Gringo Loco defeated Jack Cartwheel 14 minutes and 19 seconds. What can you say? Love this match. Two big wins for Jack Cartwheel this weekend. Uh, next up, we had the uh, another six-way, six-person, I should say, tag team extravaganza as Bussy, Ali Kachanefi teamed with Sawyer Wreck, and they defeated Los Macisos, Ciclope, Amiedo Extremo, and Jimmy Lloyd, and the team of Green Phantom and La Tabernique de Team, Matthew Saint-Jacques and Thomas Dubois, 10 minutes and 41 seconds. Great match, by the way. Yeah, really dug this. And uh, the... Some you know GCW they were using real tables in Canada and the tables didn't break for Alley Catch unfortunately. Yeah, that one spot in the corner was rough. And in the main event of the evening, by the way, in cage match they gave this an eight point ten out of ten. You know how everybody mm-hmm. votes? That's the average. That's pretty good for this main event. Main event of the evening for the Game Changer Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion, your new champion, Masha Slamovich, defending the title against Speedball Mike Bailey. This match got 19 minutes and 56 seconds at the end of the day. And still your Game Changer Wrestling World's Champion, Masha Slamovich. And boy, was this match fucking nuts. This was insane. The finish? Ooh, okay, well, let's before we get to the finish, yeah. let's talk about the two apron spots. Yo. Speedball Mike Bailey putting uh, Masha Slamovich through a table in the smallest like area possible. Yeah, how he nailed that. I'd 
beyond me. And then Masha Slamovich killing him with that fucking Michinoko oh. driver on the apron. It looked fucking devastating as shit. Yeah, I thought I thought Speedball was done, done. But let's talk about the finish. Speedball, Mike Bailey starts taking down ring ropes, taking the ring apron off, taking down the skirting, pulling up the padding, moving boards out of the way to try to take out Masha Slamovich. But Masha gets him in the choke and is dangling him in the hole in the ring. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, pretty much a la, uh, if you remember a few months back, what Big Brody King did to Darby Allen off the ring apron. Yeah. She did this to him in the ring because the hole in the ring, because obviously the boards and stuff were brought up. So she was holding him. And, of course, he had to tap out. It was tap out or get choked out. And he tapped out for the Masha Slamovich first title defense of the Game Changer Wrestling World title. Holy shit, that was a hell of a match. Kudos to both competitors. Yeah. Yeah, what can you say about this? This is a match you definitely need to go check out if you watch if you missed it. Dude, two of the best performers in the world. Period. I will stand by that statement. Mm-hmm. And they have had a hell of a year this year for both. Uh, they're going to be very high on a lot of our awards list this mm-hmm. year. Are both Speedball Mike Bailey and Masha Slamovich. Masha Slamovich is my breakout star from last year. She's on her way to be women's uh, wrestler of this year. She might have been women's wrestler of last year, but I didn't want to give it her both awards. Hence, I gave it to Jamie Hayter, who I still believe was a good choice for that year. But mm. I think Amasha Slamovich knows that I didn't vote for her last year <laughs> and is trying to trying to make. She's trying to get that vote now, and he, she's 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 succeeding, sir. All right, let's talk about some things. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling is off until the collective, so I think their next show technically uh, that they're putting on would be uh, the Wednesday of WrestleMania because their shows start on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We will be breaking that down, of course, next week on the independent slash Ring of Honor slash Impact slash New Japan WrestleMania week extravaganza the, preview. The ultimate indie roundup. Ooh, the ultimate indie roundup. I like that. That's the ultimate Indie Roundup WrestleMania 39 edition. Ah, then we can tie it all together with a big bow. Because then we can use the Ultimate Indie Roundup when we go into the Summit for All Out. I like it. You're always thinking, sir. Uh, but this upcoming week, we do still have some action on Fight Plus. Let's run down some cards for you guys real quick. On uh, Friday night, March 24th, not only will we, if you don't want to spend the 10 bucks and you have the $7.99 for Fight Plus, AIW is back, and they are coming to you from the uh, Temple Live at Cleveland, Ohio, and it is AIW Presents 216. I do know that uh, X-Pac will be in attendance. I don't think he's wrestling. Okay. I think he's just there. But still, yeah. Let's go down what we do know is going down. Uh, Shaw Mason goes one-on-one with Pretty Boy Smooth. Okay. Our good friend, one half of the Rip City Shooters, the Maserati West Barkley takes on Filthy Tom Waller. That's going to be a great match. Joslyn Navarro takes on uh, Matt Cardona's new insurance policy, Steph Daylands. Okay. Of course, she comes from Australia. Tremendous worker. She's the one that helped in. She's the one that interfered in Cardona's match in New York City. Yes, yes, yes. Next up, we have the blow-off in part two, if you will. PME versus Josh Prohibition and Matt Cross. Euthanasia is back, and uh, they're going to get their revenge on uh, the PME, hopefully. Dominic Garini is taking on Timothy Thatcher. Talk about a match. And then the Bitcoin boys will be defending their AIW World Tag Team Championships against the Mystery Team. Hmm. That's right. TBA mystery team out. The bad boy Joey Janela makes his return to AIW as he takes on Kaplan. That's gonna be crazy. The Prize City OG Alec Price 
takes on Gringo Loco, Chase Oliver, Derek Dillinger. Oh, sorry, it's a six-way. Joey Janela and Kaplan are also in this. Oh, okay. The way they write it on Fight Plus. I'm sorry, guys. So it's a six-way. Alec Price, Gringo Loco, Chase Oliver, Derek Dillinger, Joey Janela, and Kaplan. I don't know if the uh, title's on the line because Derek Dillinger is the intense champion. So maybe it's on the line. It does not say. Sorry. Their lineup is killing me. But I do know this. The main event of the evening will be for the AIW Absolute Championship. That's their big title. Your champion, the other half of the Rip City Shooters, Big Joshua Bishop, defending the title against always ready Matt Cardona and Isaiah Bronner. Yeah. It's a three-way dance. This is going to be a... Same main event, obviously, but this is going to be one not to miss this weekend. Badass card coming up for our good friends over at AIW. Uh, The next night, though, on uh, March 25th, so Saturday, March 25th, and this is also at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, coming to you from the RDS Gym in Crown Point, Indiana, Black Label Pro is back with Observe This Brother. Uh, they haven't announced the full card, but what we have so far, Sky Blue will be taking on the King of Wreckship Mountain, Cole Raderick. Okay. Leighton Buzzard will be taking on Trey Lamar. Hmm. The Prize City OG, Alec Price, will go one-on-one with Carlos Romo. Brian Pillman Jr. will be in action as he takes on the one called Manders. Oh, that should be fun. And Chop and Roll Express will take <laughs> on the Bang Bros. But the main event of the evening for the BLP Midwest Championship, your champion, Big Joshua Bishop, will defend the title against the Southern Psychopath, Mance Warner. Let's go. Oh, and I forgot, in just in case you were wondering, the big event of this evening, the 2023 Black Label Pro Rumble, the winner will get a shot at the championship at a future date. Hmm. So, got a big Rumble match coming up. Big Joshua Bishop defending. Got a lot of great things coming your way from Black Label Pro. And then that would be enough for $7.99, don't you think? I would say so. Mind you, there's other stuff that we're not even counting in here, like kickboxing and boxing. But on Sunday, 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 March the 26th, from the South Broadway Athletic Club in St. Louis, Missouri, they're back. Glory Pro Wrestling is back with Cleared to Engage. This has a 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start time. And we have a hell of a show. Are you ready to talk about this? Yes. All right. We have Xavier Walker taking on Dak Draper. That's going to be a solid match. Tootie Lynn versus Heather Reckless versus Blair Onyx versus Nikki XS. This might be my favorite match of the card. On paper right now. Steph DeLander will take on Ethan Price. Let's go. Warhorse and Dan the Dad will tag together to take on Cody Lane and Jake something. Excellent. Carlos Romo goes one-on-one with half of the Bang Bros, Davey Vega. Ooh, okay. Interesting, right? Yeah. Was... The Wasteland War Party is going to take on Laney Luck and Shotza McKenzie. Okay. So that's a hell of a match. That's, right a, that's a real good match. Mike Outlaw goes one-on-one with the Notorious 187 Homicide. Ooh, did not hear about that. Oh, that's going to be great. The United Glory Tag Team Championship match. Your champions, the Hustle and the Muscle, will defend those titles against PME. Oh, let's go. And in the main event of the evening, the Glory Championship will be on the line as your champion, Camaro Jackson, will wrestle at TBA because originally he was scheduled to wrestle Davey Richards due to some controversies that we're not even going to bring up. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if you look on the internet, you can find it. Right. Davey Richards has retired. Uh, that was effective last weekend, so therefore he will not be at this event. So there is going to be a surprise opponent for one Camar- uh, Camaro Jackson. 
Still, though, Glory Pro puts on some of the best cards on independent pro wrestling. Uh, really dig what they they do. And if, seriously, if you haven't checked out what they bring to a show, you need to get familiar. And this is going to be a perfect time. Fight Plus gives you so many options. Like I say, you cannot say there's nothing good to watch in pro wrestling this weekend. By none. Absolutely. There's a great weekend there. That is going to do it for the Indie Roundup in the mid-card of this week's 607 TWS. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, it'll be main event time. We're going to do a little, uh, for lack of a better term, PSA that includes talking about the upcoming Dynamite match between Vikingo and Kenny Omega. And also the WrestleMania match between Bianca Belair and Asuka. Trust me, there's a link there. and We're going to talk all about it in the main event after this final break. Fans, are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble. That's right, it's time to rumble. It's time to hit that main event of this week's edition of 607TWS. And we've had a hell of a show, we've gotten a lot of stuff out there, but at the end of the show, we want to do a little editorialism because obviously we're not going to get a chance to do this. And we'd like to do things like this around the big events because some reason, somehow things pop off. And listen, I've given up a long time ago, as Ken M knows. Mm-hmm. And we we're never going to defeat the tribalism that's out there now. No. You know, there's the <laughs> tribe of the elite, AEW, and there's a the tribe of, of the universe marks. WWE and it's online. You know them. They're taking shots back and forth. They're talking shit to each other, which I'm going to point out here. We're going to see if you're on the fence or you find their points to be good. Sometimes I'm just going to remind you that they're both doing the same shit. And today's a big topic of that. On top of the fact that I would like to talk to, to the people who are tuned into this show, which we know there's quite a few of you. So thank you. We Mm -hmm. feel very blessed. However, I know a lot of you guys can put that energy out there. You guys are tuning into, most of you guys are tuning into a lot of different things. Some of you find yourself liking more WWE stuff. Some of you find yourself liking more AEW stuff. Some of you find yourself liking more of independent stuff, but you still are here. So you understand that there's, there's more to wrestling than just two companies. And there's a glaring thing that's happened with two matches. And I mentioned it before. This upcoming Wednesday on Dynamite, Tony Khan, and I'm going to be nice, and obviously Tony Khan is the booker and promoter, so he's responsible Mm -hmm. for making this deal. Tony Khan is giving us a match that was two years overdue, and that is between the reigning AAA mega champion, or is it champion, or I'm bad at Spanish, so forgive me. Mega champion is how I'm going to say because English. (laughs) Uh, That would be El Hijo de Vikingo, will be coming to the States, non-title, to take on the reigning undisputed New Japan Pro Wrestling IWGP United States Champion, who is also one of the executive VIPs, or VPs, sorry, it's a VIP. Well, he's a VIP, though. And also one of the best damn wrestlers in the world. That would be the cleaner, Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. So that is a match that is two years in the making. And I'm going to say this. AEW put out this beautiful, I think it was about a two-minute 
internet package. Give which take, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming they're going to play it on Dynamite this upcoming week as well. Because it looked like it was made for television. But they put it out in Twitter and on Instagram and everywhere, on TikTok and everywhere. And it was basically, it was a beautiful package where it's narrated by Excalibur talking about how this match is two years in the making. And I thought this was amazing because in the past, AEW was guilty of something that we've always said, where they would bring in people from New Japan or somewhere else, and they would never explain why they were important. Mm Mm-hmm. Why we should be giving up a spot for them on the show. Why why we were better off to watch El, uh, El Hijo de Vikingo, uh, which I will short of Vikingo, uh, taking on Kenny Omega instead of, let's say, uh, you know, Ethan Page versus Kenny Omega. You know what I mean? Because I'm just talking about somebody there. So they used to not do a good enough job, in my opinion. I think that that's what turned a lot of the fans on when an Impact talent would come in or a New Japan talent would come in. And I think that that's why some of their diehard fans, remember the visceral that was coming out around the time of Forbidden Door last year, now that we have the another one announced? Hopefully this year they'll get a little more. Mm -hmm. I really did put a lot of that on the company. And I think Tony Khan has has seen that way. I'm not saying it's because of me. Because other people were agreeing with me and you as well on this. But I think that he finally came to the thing, and now we're getting some packages behind it. And I thought this package was amazing. So if you didn't know why this match is important, that this dream match as he booked it, which I I heard people judging it. This is another thing, judging that it's called a dream match. I think it's a dream match because we've waited two years for this fucking match. How could you not say this is not a dream match? The one thing that this is really relevant to pro wrestling fans, and I guess maybe we might stand out a little more than uh, the pop culture audience will say. We follow a lot of different promotions, and we know what Vikingo is going to bring. And I mean, most recently, he's been making the tour in GCW, but we know him from AAA, and we know the history with Kenny Omega and how they've been trying to build this up. So for that alone, like it sells the, it sells the match there. So they have this beautiful package, and they have the voiceover. I'm just going to do a little paraphrasing because I'm not going to talk about the package, but I like that they put the package out there mm-hmm. for the casual fan. So basically what happened is a couple of years ago uh, – Vikingo was supposed to take on Kenny Omega for the AAA Mega Championship. Uh, Kenny Omega was the AAA Mega Champion. uh, Kenny Omega got injured, had surgery, vacated the belt. Right. Vikingo won the belt in the vacation, so never challenged, never beat Kenny Omega. So Kenny Omega technically never lost that title. Mm -hmm. So we've been waiting patiently for that day to come. Well, we're not getting the title defense, but we're getting the match. Thanks. Maybe we'll get the title defense later on at a AAA show. Who knows? Yeah. But as of right now, we're not getting the title defense, but we are getting the match that it was two years in the making. Vikingo is a hell of a fucking performer. If you've never seen him wrestle, be prepared for a treat on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Tune into Dynamite. Watch that match. You'll find out why that guy's special. Yes. Kenny Omega, of course, we already know is special. This is going to be a tremendous match. I call it a dream match because we've been waiting two years for it, and it's a damn good fucking matchup. Now, I get it. You might not like it. There's people out there that might hate it. There's people, you know, the WWE side of things, they hate all things AEW anyways. Yeah. If we're going by the tribalism, not like the casual fan, we're talking about the diehard WWE universe marks. Of course, they're going to shit all over it, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's a certain level of the AEW fandom that shits all over guys who don't work in the company coming into the company every time. Okay, I get it. There's toxicity. But the funniest argument that we keep hearing from, especially from the WWE universe marks about this, is here they go again calling things a dream match that aren't a dream match, and then also on top of that, giving a spot to a guy from a different company instead of showcasing their talent. When's the last time we saw Miro? When's the last time we saw Scorpio Sky? When's the last time we saw... And they just keep listing off names. And once again... Fair enough assessment. Yeah. I'll give it that. It's fair enough assessment. It's it's fair. It's a fair assessment, but they're not doing it out of 
hey, we want to see those guys book. No, they're doing it to be assholes. But it's a fair assessment. So let me say this. Okay, Miro, probably never coming back to AEW. Mm-hmm. So this is the same thing as Andrade. Assuming they're going to raid out their time and then probably either return to WWE or not wrestle anymore. Yeah. Right. Well, Andrade, I definitely think is going back to WWE to be with his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, hey, whatever. Cool. Cool in the gang. That's 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 water on the bridge. Do I wish that we got to see more of some of the, the talent from AEW? Absolutely. However, sometimes it just doesn't. Sometimes the cookie just doesn't crumble that way. But to say bringing in a talent like Vikingo. Against Kenny Omega to pop a rating for sure. Oh, absolutely. Because even if you don't know, if you watch that package, if you even have heard of Vikingo, you go, I want to see this shit for myself. Mm-hmm. You and, see if you're a real, and honestly, if you're listening to this and don't really watch AEW or you sometimes watch AEW, listen, I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed to tune in to watch that match. You can tune out after whatever you want to do. That match I would tune in for because I think it's going to be that damn good. Now, let's flip the script. So on the other side of it, at WrestleMania, we have the Raw Women's title match between Bianca Belair and the woman who won the Elimination Chamber match, Asuka, who is going through a change right now. Uh, of course, everybody thinks that she's going back to refraining for Takana from uh, her time in Japan. I don't know if that's the case. I think she's still going to call herself Asuka, but maybe she's trying to get into a little more of that character. Sure. And of course, there is a language barrier. But as we found out during the pandemic times, Asuka's super entertaining and over with the crowd. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's doing some crazy things that not everybody gets, even yourself and me. We're kind of like, why is she kind of yeah. doing this? But I told you, it kind of reminded me of the Jack Nicholson as the Joker in the Batman 89 movie. Mm-hmm. She's kind of acting that kind of crazy and unhinged. I'm not a fan. But once again, let's let's see the story play out. And sure. me and you are always like, let's see the story play yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. On paper... Without that being said, and I know I've heard from, and this is the internet, I've heard from people that, uh, and I don't go on as often as I used to for these reasons, but still I've seen it. Uh, You know, it's lazy booking that the title is the story. That uh, the fact that she won the Elimination Chamber to get a shot at the championship is is lazy. And I'm like, okay, once again, fair assessment. If you're saying that, if you're saying that is a constructive criticism, fair assessment. But let me say this. On a stat card that Mania is. By the way, I've seen people say Mania is not a stat card. I don't know what the fuck card they're looking at. Yeah, like, that's a they, whole different and argument there. they keep there. adding stuff. And I also, I, I'm going to go into it. Let's go into a side rant real quick about that. Because these are the same people who used to bitch when Mania was eight hours long. Mm-hmm. But now they're like, I want two six-hour events pretty much. Like, I've heard that lately. Oh, the, the, the them cutting it down to three to four hours over two days. No, that's the whole point. Was it have two, like, four-hour events instead of one eight-hour event? Yeah. Also, it made them money. Remember, everybody wanted them to be, like, uh, New Japan. And, like, Wrestle Kingdom was a two-day event. And they were like, oh, WWE should do that. And then they did it. And then uh, shortly thereafter, they started shitting on it. Yeah. Now we can go back to eight hours. No, nobody wants an eight-hour event anymore. I don't. I love two nights. <laughs> no, two nights is way better. Dude, I'm going to spend two nights in Philadelphia, okay? I, I'm going to spend two nights worth of fucking pay for multiple people. We're going to WrestleMania fucking 40 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm fine with that. I'm 110% fine with that because I sat there at WrestleMania 35 for eight hours. Well, actually, I was in building for over 10, mm-hmm. but I was there for the show, which was about eight hours. And trust me, I would rather watch two four-hour shows. I've been at MetLife for when CM Punk took on The Undertaker. That was my main event, but I'm right there with you. It was 10 hours, way too long. 
<laughs> give me two days in a short notice and I'll be good. You guys are killing me. And if they went back to one day, eight hours, guess what you guys would do? Bitch about I'll that too. So out. there's not going to be whatever. So let's get back to, let's get back to the, the pressure at hand. So sometimes though, folks, my argument to this would be when you have a loaded card that already has is top heavy on stories. Think about it, top heavy. First of all, you have the story that's over encompassing. We talked about in the opening segment, the bloodline, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Cody Rhodes versus the bloodline. You know, we're just putting those two matches down. Mm -hmm. That is such an over encompassing fucking storyline that everything's going to be swallowed by that storyline, which is fine. I'm not complaining about it. Then you have the sub storylines. Like we're going to probably end up, we're going to end up with Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre in a three-way dance. Yep. That's fine. The story there is, guess what? Dudes that beat the shit out of each other. And uh, listen, are you going to complain about it? I'm not. Because mm-hmm. that's going to be one of the fucking matches of the weekend. Guaranteed. Yeah. You're going to have the two main events. Well, I'm assuming that the tag match will be the main event. But even if it's not, they're main event level matches. There's that match. Then we have the other women's title match between Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley winning the Royal Rumble but uh, and being the first woman to go from number one to number 30. Here's the second part of that, though. This is the second the second chapter of their story at Mania. Mm-hmm. Remember, Charlotte Flair won the Rumble, yep. challenged Rhea Ripley, and took the NXT Women's t- uh, uh, title from Rhea Ripley. This is the payback. So this is a part of a bigger story. So there's a story built in there. And I'm not saying you – and you're going to see where I'm going to get to this in a second. I love stories. This is what wrestling is, a storytelling. But sometimes the story can just be that woman A – being the Raw Women's Champion, mm-hmm. Bianca Belair, the one of the best women's wrestlers on the planet today, can go up against woman B, Asuka, who won the right to do that to get the shot at Mania at Elimination Chamber inside the chamber. Also, one of the best women's wrestlers in the world for a championship at WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't understand. Why such visceral? I can understand that people maybe want to see a better story built up, but I don't understand it. So then you have the people on the side that are saying that. It's usually the people in the tribe of AEW. Oh, there's no story here. Oh, look at what you're doing. Meanwhile, that's the same thing people are bitching about Vikingo and Kenny Omega. So literally both sides are bitching about something on the other side. And somewhere in the crossfire is the casual fan that's jumping in as well, which is fucking weird to me. So my thing is to you guys, they're both the same. It's the Spider-Man meme. We're pointing at each other. Yeah. And my thing is, as a wrestling fan, and I want your take on this and your answer, I'm asking you this answer kind of, I shouldn't say rhetorically because it's not a rhetorical question, but I'm asking you this question just to get your point. But as a wrestling fan, why can't sometimes we just have nice things and see great fucking matches? Why does there always have to be a pissing contest? Because for some reason, over the course of the years, we have come to having this need to declare, well, let me, let me phrase this. Some people have come to this need that they need to declare a side and they can't just enjoy wrestling. Like they have to represent one brand that's not paying them. They have to represent something in this idea in their heads that, oh, well, this isn't my brand, so I can't like that brand for reasons. And it's stupid. It's absolutely asinine that we are still in this day and age where we have to select a, a fed and that's the only thing we watch and just do it blindly. And then if you're a casual fan, you feel that you need to be worried about your own take because somebody's going to say something to you. like that, Because that's the other half of it, too. That's why I think you're seeing a lot more casual fans jumping in lately because it's WrestleMania. And you're seeing how, like, with the WWE storyline or the bloodline is now crossing over. Those casual fans are now starting to tune in because if there's one time a year people watch, it's WrestleMania season. 
So they're feeling the need that they have to go declare something to make them sound important in a conversation instead of just being a fan and enjoying it. Look, Vikingo and Kenny Omega, that doesn't even need a storyline for me. That's going to be two of the best wrestlers on the planet going at it. And that's all it needs to be. I, I, I will say this. I do love Tony Khan's uh, video package he put together for it. I think it's going to sell it to a lot of casual fans to tune in. I hope they actually have a good rating on Wednesday night. Regardless, I think that for everybody that's complaining about Bianca and Asuka, listen, we're going to have two of the best wrestlers on the planet in the ring at the same time. We don't need a drawn-out storyline a la Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. We just need a good reason to be there, and we just need to sit back and be fans. I mean, I love storylines. I yeah. love them, and I love having watching. But you know what? Not every match on the card has to have a story, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Some people will disagree with that, and that's fine. We can disagree with that. There's some people who are, you know, in, used to be professional wrestlers that disagree with that, and that's fine. Everybody different strokes for different folks. Because the way I look at it is back in the Attitude Era. By the way, the Holy Christian Attitude Era. Yeah, I am. The, I'm one of the few people on this planet. And I know this for a fact that does not have rose colored glasses on about what the Attitude Era was. Mm-hmm. Did I enjoy wrestling still in the Attitude Era? Absolutely. Oh, sure. I've been a lifelong fan. But I'll go on record and tell you that the Ruthless Aggression Era of wrestling was far better than the Attitude Era. And the reason being is the wrestling was better. Mm-hmm. Attitude Era was just basically smash crash television. It was the Jerry Springer show. Yeah. And if you ever watch the documentaries on it, that's all they talk about is how Vince Russo, giving him his flowers, you know, Vince needed something to combat. At WCW with and basically turned fucking raw into the Jerry Springer show. Yeah. And the one thing that they credited him for is that everybody on the card had a fucking story. Well, the problem was not all stories are created equal. So we had a lot of shitty stories. You know, remember Moppy? Mm-hmm. Huh? Uh, what? what? What about Katie Vick? Do, uh, do we ever want to do we want to talk about Katie Vick right now? God, no. Do we want to talk about when he went to WCW and it was everything on a fucking pole match, including Judy Bagwell? Forklift. Well, I know, but it, yeah, yeah. but the match was actually Judy Bagwell on a pole. They just put her on a forklift because obviously they couldn't put her on a fucking yeah. pole. I mean, I'm sure he tried. <laughs> but my no, point, but you're right. You're my right. My point though. still stands. Like when you, and that's when he went over to WCW, obviously. But still, Smash Crash TV. I would prefer some drawn out, thought out storylines. Three, four, five of them. And then everybody else kind of working for a spot because we should be treating wrestling like Japan. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is the Japanese wrestling fan in me. There is storylines in Japan, contrary to some people's belief, but the storylines are reserved usually for the top few fucking feuds in Japan. Everything else is people building to get to the top, treating it like a real sport. And I really feel like AEW should definitely do this. Like, this is where I think AEW could really, and I think they kind of tried to with the rankings, but unfortunately, you shouldn't have used rankings. You should have done something a little different. Mm -hmm. And if they can, and I think that they're trying to compensate to get there, I hope they do. Because I like how they got rid of the ratings, rankings, because rankings are never going to work in pro wrestling, but you can still show people climbing the card. Yeah. You know, going, like, perfect example that I think that they're doing good right now, good-ish at, I I wish they would do a little bit different, but once again, good-ish, is Ricky Starks. Like, Ricky Starks okay. is lower on the card. I mean, yeah, he had the match with MJF. That's sure, fine. Sure, sure, sure. But. but think about it. He's gone on. Now he fought Jericho in the JAS. He had a whole program there. Now he's got a program with uh, Rock Hard. Juice Robinson, which I'm not a huge, huge fan of. The, the you know, not that I, I like Juice Robinson. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know if this is like a star marquee thing. But still, it's a program to move Ricky Starts yeah, up the card. To get him going, yeah. So he can continue to w- work up the card. They've kind of done this with Wardlow, although they slowed it down a little bit, which I wasn't a fan of. I wasn't a fan of them making him a transitional champion, be- beating Samoa Joe, and then instantly losing the title. I didn't like that. Yeah. However, 
up until that point, they were doing a good job of moving Wardlow up the the the, the rank. Well, I, I'm saying rankings, even though there's not rankings anymore, but you know what I mean, up the charts. Mm-hmm. So he was moving up the card to eventually be a main event guy. Same with Ricky Starks, et cetera, et cetera. There's been some speed bumps along the way, okay? <laughs> Nothing's perfect. And I and I, I always tell them I have problems with it, so go back and listen to that. But at the same point in Juncture, I get what they're trying to do. And that's a very Japanese wrestling thing. The problem is that they're my biggest problem with AEW is they're not giving you the compelling storylines at the top end. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the big storyline in AEW right now? Uh, trios tags. Well, not just trios. Well, the Basically, elite. it's the elite. Yeah. Hangman Page, it's the elite, it's BCC versus the elite Hangman Page in the middle somewhere. Yeah. He's, re, you know, the thing we've teased for a lot, long-term booking, I'll give him credit for it because it's been going on for a while, but it's at the point where it's sure to get off the pot with either Hangman returning to the elite or not, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Yeah. However, okay, I get that the, the diehards are happy about it because this is a story that they've been building to. Perfect. Good. And by the way, I don't like what they've done with Hangman per se, but this part of the story with always teasing the on and off with the elite and, you know, eventually we'll get our Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens hug moment, I'm assuming. I I dig it for the most part. I think that there was a lot of road bumps on the way, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Does that make sense to you? Oh, it makes sense. I'm just, yeah. I think they stumbled over some rocks and shit, but you know, for the most part, the underlying story has continued and been fine. Yeah. <laughs> There's been some bumps in the road. Yeah. One of the major bumps being CM Punk. Uh, anyways. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey. Uh, but, uh, you know, but I, I agree there. But once again, is that as compelling? And I'm not saying it has to be because nothing is going to. There is. You catch lightning in a bottle sometimes. And that's the bloodline storyline. Yeah. That's lightning in a bottle. And like we talked about last week, the bloodline storyline is a lot deeper than what people give credit for. Mm-hmm. Because it's actually Roman and Jey Uso. Yeah. And then from that, we spurned. Sami Zayn into it. Yeah, it's Kevin Owens off, yeah. into it. Well, Kevin Owens actually in there before Sami Zayn. Then Sami Zayn into it. Now Cody Rhodes is in there. And we're getting this beautiful picture that's playing out in real time. And and I'm not saying everything has to be that way because in the history of wrestling, we've only had a few. <laughs> a really, well, I shouldn't say a few. Probably like 10 or so that are that level. Yeah. If you think back of that it's kind n- of it's... involved storyline. Right, right. Nothing as long as this has been. This is the long game. This is a two and a half year storyline at this point. Austin McMahon at the at the offset? Uh, if you consider the whole time, yes, but they went away from that so many times. Okay. Because think about it. They would go back and then they revisited it. Yeah, and it just felt like it never stopped. So that's... But the bad part about that is eventually Austin turned heel at WrestleMania 17. We like to forget about that because it didn't work. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> Fair point. But I, I would say maybe that's the closest. Yeah, I was going to think about it. There's, no, the there's very few. I mean, you could say Rock Cena because that was over a year in the making, a year and a half, because there was like a, there was like a four to six month build for their first Mania match. And then there was that full year for their second Mania match. Right. So you could possibly say Rock Cena. I'm not saying the same amount of time, but super. Yeah, right, long right, right. But the, yeah, but the long but, details. But it wasn't, but it wasn't as involved and intricate as this storyline because The Rock was gone for a lot of that. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, you have Rock Austin's feud, but that was on again, off again. That, I don't think that was one concurrent line. I understand we'd like to put the rivalry as one thing, but think about it. They were, they were rivals, then they went off and did different things, and then they would come back together, and then we'd go off and do different things. There's a lot of people like that. Like uh, Rock and Triple H yep. had that same kind of rivalry going on. Rock and McFoley. Rock and McFoley had a really good one, but they had this similar thing where they would go away from each other and do other rivalries and then come back together. Uh, Jericho Michaels did similar business. and I, So we've had a lot of those things. Mm. And so you can't compare. So it's unfair. 
And you see it all the time. People trying to, oh, well, you know, we have the bloodline storyline over here. What do you got, the elite? <laughs> you can't compare. It's apples and oranges. Right. You know, you call it lightning in a bottle. But that doesn't mean the elite storyline is a bad storyline. There was hiccups along the way as far as the actors in the storyline, if you will. Mm-hmm. However, the underlying storyline has been fine. And hopefully we get the payoff soon. Because if not, I don't think they're going to get the pop that they want. Mm-hmm. No, Honestly, I, I, that's I, I agree. Different. No, that's no. another story for another day. I want to get off in the weeds there. Yeah. But I'm just saying. What you should take away in closing of this, and I'm going to give you the floor last as always, but sure. in closing for me for this, what you should take away is what we just kind of showed you is how both are fucking similar, mm-hmm. but yet people will shit on the other, even though you're doing the same thing. How about we do this? How about we enjoy wrestling? Exactly. I say it all the time. We are literally, and this is why I want to get it out of the way here. I mean, this just spawned it, but I want to get it away here because we're coming into one of the biggest wrestling weekends of the year. WrestleMania weekend is one of the biggest times. It's a great time in wrestling because not only is WWE coming at you full force for two nights of WrestleMania, plus an NXT show, plus the Hall of Fame. On top of all of that, you have, like uh, like uh, Ken pointed, the ultimate indie roundup because the wrestling world is descending upon Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. Like it does every year. Well, next year it'll be Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, et cetera, et cetera. Every year for WrestleMania, the, it's the, wor- the world of wrestling gets to that spot. And we see big shows from everybody. Ring of Honor's got Super Card of Honor and it's shaping up to be a great show. You turn around the corner, you got New Japan and uh, Impact with a joint show that's shaping up to be a great show. You know, with some dream matches. I just wanted to say to piss somebody <laughs> off. I don't know if they're really dream matches because we've seen some of them before, but I'm just, I want to piss somebody sure. off. And then last but certainly not least, you have the indies. You have Black Label Pro has got a show going on. You got a bunch of shows that GCW is facilitating. Not just putting on, because obviously Game Changer Wrestling has Joey Janela's Spring Break 1 and 2, because mm-hmm. they always have two of them. One featuring, of course, the clusterfuck, yeah. which is always a fun <laughs> time. And then, But they also are helping throw on, uh, you know, such events as Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. They're also help putting on Effie's Big Gay Brunch, which is always a great time, especially showcasing LGBTQ plus and ally wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, they have uh, the uh, For the Culture is also back. Yeah. Where we're going to get to see African-American uh, wrestlers from all over get to showcase their fucking abilities where I do believe that they get marginalized at times. And some of the best in the world are going to descend. And, and once again, there's all these great things going on that, yes, GCW facility but they're not game changer wrestling shows. Mm-hmm. And that's what we should be focusing on is all these great things when WrestleCons happen and all sorts of crazy shit. At the end of the day, that's what we should focus on. I think Circle Six is doing a big show even. I believe so. So I'm just saying there's a lot of people going on. I'm just spitballing. Let's focus on this being one of the best times because whether you like WWE or not is irrelevant because you have a million other things you can watch. Mm-hmm. If you're an AEW fan and you're tribal to AEW, you have a Ring of Honor show. And if you really want, you should be supporting Impact and New Japan since they do business with AEW. You know what I mean? Mm. If you're an indie fan and a Japan Japanese wrestling fan, you have New Japan's involvement. You have New Japan Strong's involvement. And then you also have indies going on. So no matter what, let's treat it like the holiday it is, is all I'm saying. Ken, the floor is yours to close it out. It's very simple. How many preview shows are we doing? We are doing two big preview shows. Yes. It'll probably be, uh, I'm looking at the time right now for an average show. We're running about an hour and 30. Right now we're at the hour 40 mark. Uh, well, you guys, it might be a little long because I had music. But uh, yeah, the hour about the hour 45 mark is where we're going to be this week finishing up right around there, which is normal for us. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say two shows that are going to be about two hours. So we are focusing on talking about multiple promotions that are going to go out next weekend and absolutely kill it. 
You're talking about the GCW Collective. You're talking about the Impact in the New Japan show. You're talking about WWE WrestleMania. You're talking about Ring of Honor. You are talking about the greatest weekend of pro wrestling on the calendar year. This is what we should be talking about, favorite matches, not this promotion is doing this, this is doing this, X, Y, and Z. All that is bullshit. And that is what it should be the motto. And when you start having conversations on social media, anytime that somebody tries to clear in a side or, or going at somebody about a promotion, it's really irrelevant and just steer away from the conversation. Be happy to talk about your favorite wrestlers and their favorite matches and what you like about pro wrestling. Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter about demos. It doesn't matter about ratings. It doesn't matter about any of that bullshit. It matters about being a fan and interacting with your fellow fan and appreciating the art that it is. Ah, well put. I like how you said that. That is a great point to close on. That's going to do it for this week's 607TWS. But before we go, can I tell the fine folks one more time how to get a hold of you and the ODPH podcast? Keep it short, keep it sweet, ODPHpodcast.com. And of course, to find me in the 3FN podcast, it's simple, 3FNpodcast.com. All the links are there. You know, next week we've got a lot of action coming up. we got a lot to talk about. We have the Ultimate Indie Roundup, WrestleMania 39 edition. I know, like, uh, like how Ken named it. And then, of course, we are going to be previewing WrestleMania 39 in a great big family uh, get-together with Padawan J, myself, and Ken M. That will be put out not just to the 607 TWS universe, but the ODPH Society as well. So it's going to be a great time for pro wrestling. With that being said... For myself and Ken M, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later wrestling fans! If you take my hand, we could order Chinese.
that she's walking towards me A smile I see Connect from the top ropes One, two, three 